Hi friends, before we begin, a short disclaimer. Unfortunately, there were some hiccups with our recording for this episode, and the quality of the audio isn't where we'd like it to be. However, we wanted to honor the content and put it out there anyways. Thank you so much for bearing with us as we figure out how best to record remotely. And now, on to the podcast. You know what they do on how, I think on how I met your mother, they text each other a string of punctuation and it's what their poop looks like. <laughs> no further explanation oh needed. You're like, oh, you oh made a parenthesis. Interesting. <laughs> oh my lord. Just a series of periods. <laughs> Some commas maybe. A semicolon. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That should be the cold open, just Tim repeatedly saying, oh my god, what have I gotten myself into? Hello, welcome to Stack Snack, the Seattle Progressive Asian American Christian podcast where we talk about what we're eating and what's eating us. I'm Christina and I go by she, her pronouns. With us today is... I'm Pauline. I don't specify pronouns. I'm Thomas. I go by he, him pronouns. This is Jenny, and I go by she, her pronouns. And we have our special guest, Tim. Uh, Hi, I'm Tim, and I use they, them pronouns. Uh, Tim, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and um, how you came about to become one of our very beloved SPAC members? I am a dental student at the University of Washington School of Dentistry, so I just finished my first year and I'm just starting my second year of dental school and yeah, that's kind of what I've been up to recently, so I'm just learning how to fix your teeth. That's basically what I'm doing with my life. So what brought me to SPAC is, so I remember like back in my college days, I remember I was in this place where I was kind of torn between my conservative Asian American Christian community and my more white progressive friends. And I was like, does anyone, you know, is there like, are there people who like feel similarly? And I remember reading Liz's article. I was like, oh, cool. Someone has been articulating what I've been feeling for like the last five or six months or so. And from there, I joined progressive Asian American Christians, the big group. And then I remember someone like, like a few people on the page were like talking about SPAC about for, for, about forming a Seattle-based group because there was a good number of Seattle people there, and I was like, okay, cool, that sounds great to be able to meet more people in my area who feel similarly. Yeah, I was in this place where I was just like trying to figure out, I guess, one thing, my identity, and also who I want to associate with, and I think with a lot of exploring with more of who I am and exploring like what do I need to feel satisfied what do I need to feel secure and what do I need to you know feel like I feel seen and whatnot so that's what brought me here and that's what helped me I think continue to yeah to continue to be part of this community so thanks for asking oh you know I know you're just talking about how you feel so seen by us but you articulating just how Fully known you are to us makes I don't know makes me feel like I, I know you and I see you mm. that wow. there's definitely a lot of resonance there for sure uh, thanks yeah. Thomas mm. so heartwarming <laughs> yeah. Bring it back. we really appreciate everything you've poured into the community especially like in your role as a mod as well mm. as an admin mod oh yeah it's <laughs> really a lot of work so thank you yeah thanks also, for our listeners, if you want to subscribe to Seattle PAC's bi-monthly-ish newsletter, Tim has a book corner where Tim shares a little bit about some of the books that Tim's been reading, recommendations and things. So, Tim, for our listeners, can we get a preview of what might be in the next book corner? Ooh. Hmm. I guess one book that I'm definitely going to put on there is The Black Flamingo. It's written by a British Jamaican poet named Dean Adda. 
and it's about a black British guy who was gay and he is learning more, I guess, learning more about his identity as a gay black male and he embraces, learns to embrace drag when he is in college. He feels like out of all these like different communities that he is, he finds in college that he doesn't really feel like he belongs to one, whether it be like, oh, the Black Student Association or the queer student group, like just trying to find like where out where he belongs and he feels like he can be fully seen. He does, I guess, drag to, to like express himself. And the book's written really beautifully. Like it's written in like the form of like a poem like the, it's like written in verse. So I think that's what makes the language very beautiful. So that's one book that I'm definitely gonna put on the list for, yeah, for the next newsletter. That sounds like a book of so many different marginalized identities. You really know your audience, Tim. <laughs> it's part why I'm here. <laughs> Today we wanted to talk about self-care and food. And Tim said that they have been thinking about this a lot. And I'll just let you share what's on your mind about self-care and how food has played a part in it. Hmm, I've been thinking about it this morning. And when I think about doing things or doing hobbies for self-care, I think about like just doing something to get a result or a final product that you want, like, I don't know, drawing just to get a finished picture or reading just to like know more about a specific story. So when I think of food and self-care, I think of like, for me, it's like the act of like making food, of cooking, to make something that I think will make me feel happy and make me feel, I guess, joyous. And that's what comes to mind for me. And I know during COVID, like we've just been so, We've all been sheltering in place, been staying at home. So just being at home has forced me to cook a lot more often. And at first I was like, what the frick? I hate doing this because I hate cleaning dishes and <laughs> stuff like that. But I think after a while, like I started getting used to like cooking a lot more at home and it's become a lot more enjoyable. So what have you been cooking lately then? I've recently made beef noodle soup. I've been trying two different recipes I found online. And I think noodles is always like a comfort food for me. And beef noodle soup is one thing that I've been making. Another yes. thing that I've been making is I started learning how to make kimchi fried rice, which nice. let's go. The rule with fried fried rice, of course, is you want to use old rice that has been that's like left over. But mm -hmm. I like cook, but I like don't decide what to like cook until like the morning of, and it's like, oh shoot, I just have to make to use this with this newly made rice, which is not as great, but it gets the job done somehow. <laughs> so that's another thing I've been making. So I didn't know this like as a tangent, um, that apparently the sororities and fraternities on Greek Row here all have their own personal chef. Yes, they do. What? Yeah, it's a, it's a cushy life, I gotta say. I was just like so mad about that. I mean, you pay through the nose, so. <laughs> Somehow this money never comes, trickles down to their teacher. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, for today's lecture, you will give me one pre-made lunch from your sorority calendar. <laughs> Pauline, what has been your self-care meal? Oh no. Um, uh, I haven't really been cooking lately. <laughs> My self-care is ordering pizza. <laughs> There's this vegan mac and cheese pizza from a place that's not too far from my house, and it is delicious. So I've gotten that a lot. I just like love scoping out all of the vegan places in Seattle that I can order takeout from. I know it's not the best use of my money, but it just brings me so much joy. So I've been eating a lot of Indian food, Mexican food, Thai food, pizza. Um, but we did go grocery shopping today, so I'm going to try to make food on my own. Like, I was chopping a vegetable earlier, and I was like, when's the last time I chopped a vegetable? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just can't do it. That's depression life. <laughs> but no. that's totally self-care, though. Like, if ordering food gives you joy. It does. I ordered, like, four entrees from Veggie Girl the other day, and I've been slowly working my way through them. Vegan mac and cheese, chana masala... What else did I got? Pauline, can I tell yes. you that I cracked 
an egg for the first time in six months today. What? <laughs> what? Oh my god. That is an achievement. Good job. Wait, but what brought this on? What broke your six-month egg fast? Well, one of my siblings uh, started a new job. She was furloughed for a long time. Oh, good so for her. she became our, you know, pseudo sorority chef for the house. <laughs> and now that she's back at work, I'm fending for myself. South Park sorority. South Park sorority. <laughs> Someone asked me the other day what my personal relationship with Jesus was, and I was like, oh, Jesus is there. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. Okay, funny story. Speaking of that, one time, I hope it's okay that I share this, but honestly haven't talked to this person in over a decade, so, and the, clearly completely anonymous. So when I was part of this young adults ministry that met every Saturday in Hong Kong, one time this guy came up to me and asked for prayer and he looked so distressed and I was like, oh, like, okay, I'm ready to listen to you, like ready to be, you know, giving you emotional support. And he said that he felt that he had an obstacle, like a barrier uh, between him and God because he's very disturbed by the fact that God watches him take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> that last word was shit, right? Yes. <laughs> Drop a log, take a poop, however you want to put it. Same action. And I had to, like, in a very serious way, pray for this person. <laughs> oh, my dude. Oh, my God Lord. is not that interested in you taking a shit. <laughs> Now that is God, what I call a personal like savior. Like... <laughs> oh my god. It's not like God has a television and just like watches one person at a time and is like, wow, that's a that's a that's a poop. <laughs> grade A, grade A poop. There's just one channel that's dedicated to like just all of humanity poop. Poop. <laughs> Everyone oh, poops, Lord. okay? All poop lives matter. Imagine all the times you've cried out to God on the porcelain throne <laughs> he was there god's like you deserve this <laughs> understand this as payment for your sins i would hate to experience spiritual warfare on the porcelain throne <laughs> i am pretty sure that i have personally experienced the holy divine mother Enacting spiritual warfare on the porcelain. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was last night. At she was there. She was there. Oh my lord. But don't you, okay, tying this back to self care, and I mean this for real, a really good poop is so satisfying. Yeah, it like, it actually, um, you know, releases endorphins into your body. That's why some people always like poop before they like go and play like their sport match or like go on stage at a concert. They like always have to poop like beforehand because it gives them like this temporary high and then they like go out and do it. It's really good to take a poop. Your body's like, yeah, you did it. Good job. This is the real thing. You know, some people get endorphins thing. from running. I get endorphins from taking a shit. You <laughs> know what's a real thing in this household? We like celebrate when. So when each other, when each other have a bowel movement, it's a real thing in this household. But how do you celebrate? Be specific. Okay, so we're drinking coffee in the morning. Oh and, God. Um, somebody be like, "Oh, I have signals," and then they come out of the bathroom, and we ask them, "Did you make something?" <laughs> And they say yes, and they were like, "Yay!" It's a big celebration. <laughs> oh my god! So this incredible. Is, this is wow. a real thing that happens almost every morning in this household. Oh, to be a fly. That in is the so wall joyful. <laughs> That's awesome. That's like when babies or toddlers poop. Yeah. And then you congratulate them. You're just giving each other positive reinforcement. Yeah. Wow. It's a really just... great part of the morning. 
Like, I feel if that happened in my life, my self-esteem would increase by, like, 30%. <laughs> As somebody who really struggles with her sense of self-worth, like, the fact that I could be congratulated for taking a dump is great. Maybe you need to get into coffee. Just also, Tim, I apologize that I know you didn't sign up for a poop episode, <laughs> but here you are. This is a normal occurrence on the podcast. Self-care is a broad umbrella. There's another topic. <laughs> the secret topic. That we just sneak it's up on our special It only guests. reveals it's... itself to us in the moment. It's like it's like the sec- the secret menu or that one that's not the menu. It's stack stack animal style. Oh gosh. <laughs> that's, that's so funny. Wow. Well, if we ended it there, would that be a hilarious episode? Or very disappointing. Short and sweet. Now we're all going to go take a dump and congratulate ourselves. We all just ate, right? So, you know, theoretically it's possible. Just if you have to leave the recording to take a dump, just say that you have signals. We'll just all understand what you're saying. A recording celebration. (laughs) Yeah. We'll just send you a voice memo that's like, yay! Animal Crossing Club. You just record us celebrating, and then every time you make something, you just play it. <laughs> and then that will be our next Minnesota. Just we can offer this for all of our listeners. This will be our most downloaded episode. <laughs> Breaking new frontiers on the poop conversation. They're so brave. But since we're oversharing anyways, I'll just say that my partner and I refer to pooping as downloading. <laughs> Whoever is downloading, and also um, if it's like an emergency and I need to take first dibs for the bathroom, even though technically we, we do have two bathrooms, um, I will still say it's crowning. <laughs> I feel like it's like a true ode to how much like Asians love food, that even the discussion of food doesn't deter you from like eating food. No. It's important. Your digestive pulse is, is always important. You know, probiotics, take them. It's my one piece of advice. As somebody who was lactose in, who is lactose intolerant but still tried to convince myself that I could eat whatever dairy product I wanted. Um, I'm just here to say that your gut biome is really important and that is self care. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta take care of your gut biome. Do you actually still take probiotics? I am really bad at taking my vitamins regularly, but I do have a bunch of them, and I think probiotics is one of them. Yeah, I've heard acidophilus is very good for you. But it's not vegan, because it's... Okay, this is what I struggled with. So, like, probiotics can be, like, tiny live things. Is that vegan or not vegan? Not vegan. <laughs> but how does, how does everyone else feel? It's alive. But it's bacteria. I know, like I already have bacteria inside of me that's like alive. I mean, you're gonna be eating bacteria on the vegetable meat. That's true. I would say that's considered vegan. Just not a level five vegan. (laughs) Just not, yeah, just, I mean, how do you, how do you avoid bacteria? That's like not, yeah. Well, Thomas and Jenny, what has self-care been for you and what has food's relationship been to it? You know, we're in a really weird week because, like Thomas was saying, Julie just went back to work um, last week, and prior to that, we were having lunch and dinner together. Um, the, so Thomas, me, Julie, and then my sister as well, and um, we were having lunch and dinner together every day, and they would do most of the cooking, but because Julie's back at work, Thomas and I have ordered food, like... <laughs> almost every day of life. I think someone on this podcast said ordering food is self-care. It is, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Thomas was out of town for a few days this week, so like one day I saw a Mickey post about chicken nuggets and that night I had chicken nuggets by myself <laughs> <laughs> after, after work. Mmm, Dino nuggets. <laughs> 
Yeah, th these were specifically McDonald's nuggets, mm. which I know that they're like really, really processed and whatever, but why are they so good? Okay, I have to say though, compare the current state of McDonald's nuggets to like maybe 10 years ago, I feel like they've improved dramatically. Oh. Okay, this gives me hope. Like, I feel like you can discern that it's there's like meat in it instead of just like pink glop. Yeah. Cool. You guys have seen the photos of what it looks like before it's cooked, right? When it's like I've watched Super Size oh, Me. Yeah. I was there. Oh yeah. <laughs> I've been to the war and back. I, re I remember we watched that in like middle school for health class. Oh my gosh! Yes. Oh god. And I, four vegans I, were born that day. Yeah, that was pretty much my reaction. I was like, I'm gonna have some McDonald's now, <laughs> and I'm definitely McDonald's gonna like, we're doing super great. Size. You know. I think that more than that movie, what has deterred me from McDonald's is that they no longer have um, a large drink as one dollar. Mm. It used to be a dollar. Like when I was in pharmacy school, that was my saving grace. <laughs> I went to McDonald's just for a large Diet Coke for a dollar and it was awesome. But now it's like three dollars. Can we blame Trump for this? <laughs> yes. Do you know how much I've blamed on 45 in like the last six months? Everything is that dude's fault. Everything. My grandparents died, his fault. This pandemic, his fault. No, but for real though, the pandemic. <laughs> that's, that's actual facts. Yeah. Having a bad poop, his fault. <laughs> Getting your stomach destroyed, his fault. Getting your toilet destroyed is fun. <laughs> okay, but for real though, trauma will destroy your stomach. Fact. Yeah, especially if you like internalize your stress. Right. And like, I have a whole lifetime of gut problems related to trauma to attest to that. So, I used to regularly have to go to hospital because my stomach would spasm just randomly. Oh, that's fun. And I would be in like crap ton of pain and the doctors would be like, oh, there's no other reason except for the fact that you're really stressed. <laughs> so their, yeah, their prognosis crazy. was like, um, unless you figure out a way to magically de-stress yourself, you're oh just gonna God. be in pain until then. We're just gonna shoot you into space where you have no responsibilities. You're like, great, thanks. They legit would just come to my bed and just say, be less stressed. And I was like, oh, thank you. That was sage advice. Saying, be less stressed to any person with anxiety. Good job. <laughs> yeah, that's not how that works. I have also had like a lifetime of gut problems, partially due to being lactose intolerant, um, the thing about being lactose intolerant is that it's not like your system freaks out every time you have dairy. It also just like inflames the little cilia. And so you can be on this like upward trend of like inflammation and then just eat something totally normal like a hot dog, which is um, like a Korean little fried pancake filled with like brown sugar and like nuts. And then you just destroy your entire digestive system. And then you think, wow, I can never eat sugar again. And you're like nine years old. <laughs> um, yeah. And like my comfort food, like I grew up mostly eating Korean food until I was in college. Um, but, you know, like my mom and I were reflecting on this the other day. And we're like, I mean, I used to eat like lasagna when I was a kid. But in college, like, have, like I don't know, going to college and with like white people or whatever, I only wanted to eat like carbs and so I only wanted to eat like mac and cheese alfredo like fettuccine alfredo um like tuna casseroles with like potato chips on top clam chowder so I just like overloaded my system and so like all through college I was like very depressed but also like trying to kill myself slowly with like lactose and then once I like like I remember there was once at like four in the morning I like couldn't sit up because I was in so much pain and so I just like Eli profit like four in the morning and was like sorry I just like can't write this paper and she was like that's yeah, fine this is a prof who recommended me for grad school she was like the best prof I ever had like I tried to tell her when I was asking for my recommendation like even if she like declined I just wanted to tell her that like I was really grateful for like her compassion and her grace because I was struggling with so much in undergrad um and 
Yeah, so, you know, I got into grad school, which is awesome. Okay. <laughs> Yay! Um, and even though I graduated, like, nine years ago, I still carry that memory of her, like, just being an incredible, I don't know, teacher to me. Mm. Um, yeah, and I got to email her the other day and tell her that I got into grad school with her recommendations, so... Anyway, why did this become about that? Um, yeah, so eventually I finally realized I was like actually lactose intolerant and tried to cut back, but like didn't cut out like butter or like eat a croissant. You know, I wouldn't eat like a cheese filled croissant. Is that even a thing? Yes. I just um, had one today. So <laughs> yes. Can confirm existence. But I would just eat like a croissant or I would just eat like pound cake or whatever. Um, I know. I love Sarah Lee pound cake. Um, mm, that's a but, Korean staple for sure. No, yeah. Like in the metal thing and you like peel it out and it's just, it's so good. Um, but then actually making myself eat vegan these past few years, I don't even know how long it's been. It's, my stomach has never been happier. Instead of having like a complete digestive meltdown like every two, three weeks, it's been a while actually. So... Part of self-care and mental health care can also be like taking care of your body. It's, yeah. It's just weird how like a brain is a part of your body. <laughs> <laughs> so it happens. Yeah. Did you know the brain is a physical organ in your body and you have to care for it like in the material sense? Pauline, I have a, I have a very, very similar experience with dairy. Yes. And I thought... I like experienced like a very like sudden realization that I was lactose intolerant and I kept thinking like I could just go like go back to you know having having something here and there mm -hmm. and it never pan out for me so like <laughs> I'm back so to much like porcelain throat time. yeah I'm back to like <laughs> only having dairy like very very seldomly at this point but mm. Um, my probiotic drink that I have regularly does help with my gut health a lot. Mm -hmm. Just means more desserts for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Asians who are not lactose intolerant confuse me so much. Christina's raising her hand. Um, I'm, I'm just like, sorry! <laughs> You're like, more cheesecake for me! Yeah, you enjoy your life. Dairy is a dairy is delicious. I will say. Ugh, been there, yeah, done that. Yeah, I feel like my enjoyment of boba would decrease dramatically if I wasn't able to have dairy. Oh, I can't have mm. boba. And that's a segue into me talking about my own self care, which <laughs> I decided to give myself a like week long vacation because I realized I haven't actually had a real vacation where I wasn't preoccupied in my mind or like actually doing work for. Like, it's been a span of one and a half years. Mm. And, like, because wow. I was freelancing and then grad school work and then just committed to, like, a bunch of, you know, projects and essays I had to write and such. I realized that I have not had a vacation for a long time. So I decided, like, for a whole week to literally just schedule nothingness into it. And I spent every single day finding, like, a new boba place. <laughs> <laughs> to try <laughs> and that was when Tim and I connected on Instagram and I saw that Tim went to a place called Don't Yell at Me which is uh, relatively new and it's on the Ave in the University District and they're super good um, very trendy very hipster kind of place very like negative space minimalist um, I definitely felt like I was in China somewhere and um, despite the name, don't yell at me, they will yell your order really loudly. <laughs> um, but it had a Osmanthus uh, fresh milk tea. So good. So like, for those of you who don't know what Osmanthus is, it's like kind of a close cousin to Jasmine. So it's like this very floral like drink, mm -hmm. super good. The other new discovery is like timeless tea, which is pretty close by, super amazing as well. I think their pearls might be like, the best place I've been to in Seattle so far. I tried it for the first time today, and I can't confirm their pearls are really good. Yeah. And I, I speaking mean, as somebody who doesn't even like the pearl. 
Well, like, I mean, to harken back to our Boba episode where Jenny and I had to, like, come out as, like, people who didn't really like Boba that much. Um, I think it's because I just had, like, bad pearl after bad pearl. Like, I remember once when I was, like, a teenager, we went to some Boba place in somewhere in, like, Southern California. And the Bobas, the Boba was so frozen, we were shooting them at each other in the parking lot. Like, because we're just a bunch of teenagers. Oh but it's, like, that's really bad Boba. Obviously, yeah. like, they didn't even, like, defrost it all the way. But I think I just had, like, a ton of shitty boba and was like, I'm over this. But I've come, I've come back. I love boba now. You know, it brings me a lot of joy. But as somebody who's no caffeine, no dairy, it can be a little hard. Is anyone else completely horrified at the idea that there are some, insti- like, some beverage places that are freezing boba pearls instead of, like, cooking them properly? I didn't start enjoying boba until I was in college because there's, like, there was, like, no... No, there was maybe one boba place in Vancouver, Washington, but I was not surrounded by it at all. And I remember like one time in like growing up and it was, I think in elementary school when me and one, one of my friends were bullying this older kid at church and this older kid started coming after us and he got like boba (laughs) from this like nearby like Vietnamese restaurant and he had this boba with him and he just started shooting pearls from his like straw at us. He like tried to shoot it at us but we like hid behind my, I think it was my parents car and then my parents (laughs) car was just, was just like splattered with like really, uh, just with boba so that was I think my what I associate with like freezing boba. <laughs> it's a weapon, you know. That is so wild. That story is wild. Uh, this is the first known boba-related warfare. <laughs> In the wrong hands, it could be very dangerous. This is okay. So there's this thing right now. Have any of you heard of the Milk Tea Alliance? <laughs> no. no Wait, I didn't, I didn't know there was a milk tea war going on. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is like a legit political thing. What? So on Twitter, um, actually, no, it didn't originate on Twitter. It actually originated, I think, on Weibo, which is like China's version of Twitter. And um, there was like a meme war between Thai people and mainland Chinese people. And, um, oh my God. Basically, there was just like a conflict of political ideas and then um, like multiple nationalisms clashing with each other. And then so Thailand, being known for its Thai milk tea, formed an alliance, so to speak, (laughs) with Hong Kong. And then there's another place. Oh, Taipei, Taiwan, Mm -hmm. because all three are known for like some form of milk tea. Um, And then so they referred to this as the milk tea alliance. (laughs) The three parties ganging up on, like, the Chinese nationalists. (laughs) This meme that I'm looking at is amazing. Yeah, there's lots of really great um, Milk Tea Alliance-related memes. Please Google and look it up. It is hilarious. It's like the meme of the guy with the butterfly. Like, is this pan-Asian, like, solidarity? (laughs) Oh, my God. We're going to make that meme. (laughs) I mean... Go on. I remember one of my friends from dental school posted about it, and I remember looking at the memes and I was like, I don't, what's going on? Is there something going on between China and Thailand right now? I don't know. And now I, now it all makes sense now. It all makes sense now. <laughs> so, so eventually we're going to get to the point where like people are pelting boba, frozen boba girls at each other as a genuine form of national warfare. <laughs> This is you probably. You thought this apocalypse couldn't get any worse. You now get ready for Boba Warfare. This is probably like an unpopular opinion, but I do like to eat and chew on the frozen bobas. Only, hold up, only. I know, I know. But it's only because it's like one of those things where it doesn't really taste good and the texture is kind of all off and obviously not like good. But then in that same batch, you'll still get one that's like overcooked or like over thawed and it's like super chewy. So it's just like a nice spectrum gradient of textured boba. And it makes you appreciate all the good ones in, in your drink when you do get oh it. My god. <laughs> oh my god. What a generous view so of much boba. Pain. I know, it's really beautiful. It's very like one sheep. Forsaking the 99 sheep for the one sheep situation. Very pastoral. Wow. 
Way to bring the C into a SPAC. <laughs> we did it! We did it! We remembered to be Christians. <laughs> Every time Thomas makes one of these comments, I'm like, you're so pure and so incomprehensible so good. Too good. to me. Too pure for this world. The cinnamon roll of a man. Back Snack is brought to you by Resilience. Resilience is how we are adapting to the challenges of surviving the pandemic, especially as members of the APIDA community who have to contend with racism mixed with viral panic. The APIDA community has consistently met the challenges of living in this country with creativity and gumption. Our resilience comes from our history, our communities, and how we manage to make good things out of bad circumstances. Resilience also means reveling in our joy, taking rest and doing nothing as well. Take a moment to remember your resilience today. It's time for our usual question. What are you snacking on? How about Tim, you start since you are our special guest. What I've been snacking on, hmm, I guess besides food, <laughs> I'm going to say <laughs> anime. I think yeah. besides anime has been my main form of self-care outside of eating food right now. So I've just been watching Naruto, My Hero Academia, Cowboy Bebop mostly. And mm. I was like really into anime and when I was in high school and it's like a kind of on, on and off partner, I would say, on and off relationship with anime. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I would describe it. You're not committed, like... but you're having a thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's like I really enjoy I really enjoy the art and I enjoy the char- like the characters. Yeah, but I think going back to like anime and self-care, it's been fun to watch because I feel like I can relate to some of the characters who are like really passionate about what they do and what they aim for, but they also start off as underdogs and mm-hmm. they are like the most passionate but they're not the most skilled about doing like for example, Naruto, like Naruto is so like set on becoming the Hokage, but He's like the bottom of his class, and 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 also with My Hero Academia, I really relate to the main character and like how he's like really set on becoming a hero, and he's like really idolizes like one of the other superheroes in the show. But he like starts off with like no powers, so I feel like I relate a lot to that sentiment. But I guess another thing I have with anime is I think as I've gotten older, I've gotten more critical of plot lines of like story Mm -hmm. plot lines and i'm like this is like too cheesy this is too cliche this is too unrealistic and all these things so i'm like kind of conflicting to i'm like i really enjoy this but at the same time this is not the best written story or the best developed character or whatever so there's that so yeah that's i think what i've been stacking on mostly awesome how about you thomas i'm never looking at me i'm never prepared for (laughs) i mean if you're willing to talk about snacking on Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny's a host. You've had a lot of family things happen this week. Yeah. Yeah. I'm... I guess I'm snacking on just my own self-care overall and just trying to get some um, processing this week. I had a, I had to fly to Chicago for a, um, a medical, family medical scare. That ended up resolving itself and it was all okay, but just in the heat of the moment, it was all very terrifying that um, that potentially one of our family members' lives could irrevocably have been, you know, changed for good. So I'm just kind of snacking on, I guess I'm snacking on my own mortality, you know? Oh, wow. And like this idea that our health is so fragile and um, we're all so human and because it was, uh, it involved my parents. Um, my parent, both my parents are still alive, and I very much look up to them. They've modeled very good parenting and uh, like human <laughs> traits, I guess. Um, and, it, and I've also come to learn that I've also I, um, idolized them. And this part, this week, with all this like medical scare and family drama, you just kind of. All, all of the, the holes in our family system get kind of, like, revealed and just gets to see the different ways that my parents actually are human beings and absolutely flawed individuals. 
So just thinking about how a lot of that has been uh, on the forefront of my mind and just, I don't know, we're all going to die, but like we, we can choose to make meaning along the way and, and build lasting relation, relationships with people around us. And yeah. So in a way I am snacking on Jenny. <laughs> That's so beautiful, Thomas. We really do appreciate you. Yeah, I mean, thank you for sharing. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks y'all. Yeah. You bring so much like heart and depth to our community and our podcast. Mm-hmm. Jenny, do you want to go? Sure. Um, what have I been snacking on? Well, first of all, I'm just really glad Thomas is home in one piece, and he tested negative for COVID, so Woo-hoo, no more wearing heck. the mask around the house. Oh, <laughs> well, that was fast. <laughs> I started this current job that I'm in now about a month ago. It is so much less stressful than my previous job, oh, and um, I really like my coworkers, so I've just been snacking on like building new relationships and like just enjoying the low level of stress that I have in my job. People were asking me why I want to go to this job because it's very like not clinical. It's just um, at times very mindless and I get to listen to podcasts or Beyonce. That's great. (laughs) But yeah, I've just been snacking on like building relationships and enjoying my new job. That's so awesome. I've been snacking on swimming. No, that was going to be my answer. <laughs> <laughs> we can both be snacking okay, on the same thing. snack on swimming. Okay. Yeah. Um, specifically, well, I just, I've always liked swimming and, like, water stuff. And um, I have an inflatable pool in my backyard right now. And it's definitely, like, one of the greatest life choices I've made. <laughs> yeah. Like, Christina wanted to put it in her CV as, like, I am an incredibly smart human. I did this. <laughs> No, truly, like, I bought a family-sized pool. It can fit three grown adults. I know this because we did it today. And a dog. And a dog, if you want. If you wish, you can add dog. Um, but yeah, it's so great. And it was, like, the hottest day of this year, apparently, God, it today. was, like, 98 degrees. Oh, That's not a so Seattle nice. thing. That does not happen in Seattle. It was so great. And then we've been going out to the beach and like swim and it's just my favorite part of Seattle. Like the summer when you can go out to the lake and go swimming. Um, I feel like last summer never really got like properly hot so I didn't really get to experience that. And I was like super stressed about my PhD candidacy exam so I was never like really relaxed. So this summer has been like compensation for that. So that's my snack. So I've also been snacking on swimming. <laughs> I, conversely, actually hate being cold and wet. Like, to the point where I do take a shower every day, but, like, sometimes I am, like, whiny about it. <laughs> I'm like, well, now I'm, like, cold and wet. You know, obviously, with this pandemic, you're not really able to, like, travel out of town and go to other places. So there's been a lot of summers in the past couple years where... I've gone to Coeur d'Alene in Idaho, which has like, I guess, alpine lakes with like mountains sloping right into these like gigantic, beautiful, ice cold lakes. Go out in the middle of the lake in a boat, jump off the boat. It is my favorite and I am very happy. Um, so I guess we did get out in a boat last year um, and swam, even though the weather was, it was like raining, but because it's Seattle, but it was still really nice. Um, but yeah, soaking in a plastic pool that you made yourself and also, um, going down to Seward Park and finding a stretch of land with like no other humans around getting out in the water, um, has been really good. So yeah, I have like a two person floaty that I bought for like river floating. So it's like quite heavy duty. Um, and it's extremely relaxing to just like lie in it and then like let the sun wash over you feel a little weightless, feel like all your responsibilities are like super far away. That is what I would have been like dreaming of. So it's been really good. And it's just been so hot. My apartment is very small and very stuffy. So whenever I'm in there, I like I step out of my apartment and it's immediately like five degrees colder. And I'm like, this is so sad. Why is the inside of my apartment so much hotter than the outside? (laughs) (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode. This podcast is generously hosted by Diverging Mag, and our audio editor is Thomas Yang. Music is by Chucky Kent, and the podcast artwork is created by Kelly Camarita Martel. For more premium snack content, you can follow us on Instagram at snack underscore snack. Feel free to slide into our DMs with snack recommendations, feedback, and stories of your own. We love hearing from you, especially if you want to share any poop stories. We welcome them. Oh, yeah. 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 (laughs) Until next time, stay hungry, stay thirsty, and support your local POC restaurant. Bye. 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 Hi, this is a sample recording for our, I feel like I'm constantly saying it wrong. Pantan. Pantan? Pantan. Pantan. Is that okay? Pantan. Like the way you would say pot. Pantan. Pantan. Like aw. So pot. Pot. Pantan. 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 Try a B sound. Pan. 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 Pa. Pa. Oh, okay. So here's a linguistic thing. So you know your soft palate is? Like singing. No. <laughs> like, okay. You, you know when you need a more open, airy yeah, sound yeah, when you're yeah. singing? So, aw. Aw. And yeah. then try to raise your uvula. Aw. Aw. So you can say, like, aw. 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 <laughs> try to imagine, like, someone's forcing, like, a giant rock down the back of your throat. Aw. Aw. Yeah. Pantan. <laughs> Sorry, that didn't help at all. Pantan. <laughs> Pantan. Pantan. Yeah. Also, my Chinese pronunciation is, like, fucking terrible. You, you've heard me say anything in Chinese. I don't know tones. I just mimic what I hear. Like, say anything in Chinese. <laughs> Hainan ji fen. <laughs> Hainan ji fen. Hainan ji fen. Hainan ji fen. It's ji. Ji. Yeah. Ji. Hainan ji fen. Yeah. That's Hainan chicken rice. Nice. Yeah. Because <laughs> fan, fan is, like... Fan is... Fan. Rice, yeah. I think... So there's this, my college bestie um, was, her family spoke Cantonese, uh-huh. and they used to make fun of white people by calling them white rice. <laughs> but would that be mei fan? No, bai fan. Bai fan. Yeah. That's... Yeah, they would always be like, look at this bai <laughs> No, but see, in Cantonese culture, that's a good thing. Like, we actually literally call a bowl of white rice lang zai, mm-hmm. which means, like, cute guy. Like, Yeah. Because it, they're like white and like shiny. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's like the colorism. colorism. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, let's listen to that. Hi, this is a sample recording for our. I feel like I'm constantly saying it wrong. Pantan. 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 Is that okay? Pantan. Like the way you would say pot. Pantan. Pantan. Like aw. So pot. Pot. Pantan. 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 Uh, B, try a B sound. Pan. 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 Pa. Pa. Oh, okay. So here's a linguistic thing. So you know your soft palate is? Like singing. No. Like, okay. You, you know when you need a more open, airy yeah, sound yeah, when you're yeah. singing? So, aw. Aw. Uh, and yeah. then try to raise your uvula. Aw. Aw. So you can say, like, aw. 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 Try to imagine, like, someone's forcing, like, a giant rock down the back of your throat. Oh, yeah, pantan. Pa- Sorry, that pan didn't help at Pantan. Yeah, also my Chinese pronunciation is like fucking terrible. You, you've heard me say anything in Chinese. I don't know tones. I just mimic what I hear. Like say anything in Chinese. Hainan ji fen. Hainan ji fen. Hainan ji fen. Hainan ji fen. It's ji. Ji. Yeah. Ji. Hainan ji fan. Yeah, that's Hainan chicken rice. Nice. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, fan, fan is like. Fan is. Fan. Rice, yeah. I think. So there's this. My college bestie um, was. Her family spoke Cantonese. Uh huh. And they used to make fun of white people by calling them white rice. <laughs> but would that be mei fan? No, bai fan. Bai fan. Yeah. That's... Yeah, they would always be like, look at this bai fan. <laughs> no, but see, in Cantonese culture, that's a good thing. Like, we actually literally call a bowl of white rice lang zai, mm-hmm. which means, like, cute guy. Like, yeah. Because it, they're, like, white and, like, shiny. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's, like, the colorism. colorism. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, let's listen to that. Hi, this is a sample recording for our... 
I feel like I'm constantly saying it wrong. Pantan. 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 Is that okay? Pantan. Like the way you would say pot. Pantan. Pantan. Like ah. So pot. Pot. Pantan. 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 Try a B sound. Pan. 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 Pa. Pa. Oh, okay. So here's a linguistic thing. So you know your soft palate is? Like singing. Like, okay, you you know when you need a more open area yeah, sound yeah, when you're yeah. saying so aw. Aw. And yeah. then try to raise your uvula. Aw. Aw. So you can say like aw, aw, aw. <laughs> try to imagine like someone's forcing like a giant rock down the back of your throat. Aw. Aw. Yeah. Pan. Pan. Sorry, that didn't Pan. 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 Yeah. Also, my Chinese pronunciation is like fucking terrible you, you've heard me say anything in chinese i don't know tones i just mimic what i hear like say anything in chinese <laughs> Hainan qi fen. Hainan qi fen. Hainan qi fen. Hainan qi fen. it's g g g Hainan qi fen. yeah that's Hainan chicken rice nice yeah because <laughs> well, fan, fan is like fan is fan rice yeah i think so there's this my college bestie um was her family spoke cantonese uh-huh. and they used to make fun of white people by calling them white rice <laughs> but would that be meifan no baifan baifan yeah that's yeah they would always be like look at this baifan <laughs> no but see in cantonese culture that's a good thing like we actually literally call a bowl of white rice lang zai mm-hmm. which means like cute guy like yeah because it, they're like white and like shiny. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the colorism. colorism. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, let's listen to that. Hi, this is a sample recording for our. I feel like I'm constantly saying it wrong. Pantan. 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 Is that okay? Pantan. Like the way you would say pot. Pantan. Pantan. Like ah. So pot. 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 Pantan. 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 Uh, B, try a B sound. Pan. 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 Pa. Pa. Oh, okay. So here's a linguistic thing. So you know your soft palate is? Like singing. No. Like, okay. You, you know when you need a more open area yeah, sound yeah, when you're yeah. singing? So, aw. Aw. And then try to raise your uvula. Aw. Aw. So you can say, like, aw. 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 Try to imagine, like, someone's forcing, like, a giant rock down the back of your throat. Oh, oh, yeah, pantan. Pa- Sorry, that pan-tun. didn't Pantan. Pantan. Yeah. Also, my Chinese pronunciation is like fucking terrible. You, you've heard me say anything in Chinese. I don't know tones. I just mimic what I hear. Like, say anything in Chinese. Hainan qi fen. Hainan qi fen. Hainan qi fen. Hainan qi fen. It's G. G. Yeah. G. G. Hainan chi fan. Yeah, that's Hainan chicken rice. Nice. Yeah. Because <laughs> fan, fan is like. Fan is. Fan. Rice, yeah. I think. So there's this. My college bestie um, was. Her family spoke Cantonese. Uh huh. And they used to make fun of white people by calling them white rice. <laughs> but would that be mei fan? No, bai fan. Bai fan. Yeah. That's... Yeah, they would always be like, look at this bai <laughs> No, but see, in Cantonese culture, that's a good thing. Like, we actually literally call a bowl of white rice lang zai, which mm-hmm. means, like, cute guy. Like, yeah. Because it, they're, like, white and, like, shiny. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, the colorism. colorism. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, let's listen.